on Sunday nights. Amen. Shake hands again with somebody and say, God bless you. And so good. Thank you, musicians. I'm going to show some photos if you want to see them. Amen. God bless you. Maybe you can have your seats for a moment. Just want to bring some greetings to you from Grand Prairie. Don't forget, young people, there is a young people service this Friday night. And that will be special for even through spring break. All right. Brother Frey's helping me, I think. All right, we want to bring you greetings from Bible Believers Fellowship in Grand Prairie. This is the church that Brother Tim Dodd established and actually his, the assembly built the church. And on the left is what it looked like last weekend <laughs> out the pastor study. And this is uh, the church in the summertime. So uh, they bring their greetings. Our precious brother Darren Boyer, Sister Damaris. She was a teacher at uh, Bible Way Christian Academy for uh, some years, and we really appreciate that. Now she has her own academy. (laughs) Six children. (laughs) Amen. Uh, This is Brother Darren Boyer on the right-hand side, and and some other believers, some of you old-timers might recognize Brother Patrick and Sister Rebecca on the left. They send their greetings to you. We had a uh, young people's uh, children's service on the Saturday morning. And I say you give them three or five years and there'll they'll be a church full of young people. So we really enjoyed them. And uh, some of these are Brother Tim Dodd's grandchildren. They're a wonderful group. They love the Lord. Then on Sunday night, we're able to come back through Edmonton, see Brother Harold Hildebrandt, our dear friend. This is uh, brother, uh, Pastor Tony from Nigeria. In the center that was also there. And these are some of the saints that we were with. Brother Ed Hammermeister uh, in the middle there. You'll recognize Brother Ed and one of the song leaders and trustees uh, met us also on Monday morning. It was just nice. They send their love and greetings. We had four services, uh, Friday night, two Saturday and one Sunday morning. And uh, a small little assembly, but they really love the Lord. And they love you and want to send uh, their love and greetings to you. God bless you tonight. I want to I'll read a quote with you uh, that's in, in line with our service tonight. And there was a... Brother Branham was having a prayer line. And um, speaking to a sister that had come up in the prayer line. And just speaking to her about believing. You believe the preaching of the word is the truth. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing of the word. It goes on down here. You got a little scare because that you've had a cancer. And the cancer was in the head or in the ear. I'd say in the ear. And you're afraid that cancer is coming to the ear. Is that right? And that's in the right ear. That's where I see where they was examining. Looking in that ear. Is that true? All right. Come here just a moment. And he begins to pray. Lord Jesus I bless this poor old mother. No doubt at all, Lord, that this poor little feeble hand that I've got here now has washed a many days washing and brushed back the tears from the crying baby's eyes as she rocked it. Been a mother. But, oh God, it takes someone now, a nail-scarred hand, to brush back the fears And tears here. Grant it, Lord. May she go home and all fears leave. And may she get well. 
live many more happy days. I bless her for this purpose. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. He says, God bless you, sister. Go now being happy, rejoicing. God bless. That's the way to do it. All right. I was thinking, though, of this poor little mother that had um, taken the little hands he was holding, feeble hands, had washed a many days washing and brushed back the tears from the crying baby's eyes. I was thinking about the love of a mother. But Brother Branham said, it takes something now, a nail-scarred hand, to brush back the fears and the tears. That Lord Jesus is in the service tonight. And I want to speak on something the Lord laid on our heart during camp, and that is nurturing and cherishing. Let's stand tonight and turn to a couple scriptures. Thank you, musicians, Ephesians. God is good all the time. I'm glad that our Lord Jesus ministered to Brother Ryan Hayes last evening, and this has been a great day for him. As he served us, may the Lord heal him tonight completely. Who appreciated the service this morning? Jesus visited Cloverdale Bible Way. And he's definitely been speaking to us very uniquely these last weeks. And I I believe tonight is going to be similar. And uh, the Lord has a mind for us. So take this as from the heart of God. And I'm going to say some things very personal and direct in a couple moments. But uh, the nurturing... And cherishing Holy Spirit is here. Heavenly Father, we've sang, we've prayed, we've rejoiced, we've shook hands. But now may your hand come down and touch every person that's here. May the Spirit of God breathe through this building in a supernatural way. Lord, we believe the ministry is your dress wear. Your prophets and pastors, evangelists, teachers, apostles are your dress wear to get us ready for the rapture so that we in no way are found wanting. We thank you for this morning's service. You've shed abroad your love deep down within our hearts. We've been through some winter camp services and some ministers have spoken since and we sense a theme and a depth. Greater than ever before, even in their words and the atmospheres brought a maturity. Even our brother Michael Gendo, thank you for that special tonight. I thank you for those that helped our brother George and sister Hope yesterday. Brother Matthew Riddell, brother Jeremy and others that gave of their Saturday. Would you bless them tonight? Would you bless the little sister that's in the nursery or the mother or the father? Or the older person. Or the middle aged. Heavenly Father. Would you nurture us and cherish us tonight. Let every single person feel that within their heart. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Ephesians 5. Verse 29 says. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh. But nourisheth. And cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. So Paul is bringing to us something that the Lord Jesus does with his wife. And that is, he nourisheth and cherisheth her. Just a few verses later in chapter 6 of Ephesians verse 4. 
And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture. Nourish them. Nurture them. It means more than just the admonition of the Lord to just give them discipline or strict conduct. He's speaking to fathers too. Don't bring up your children in a way to provoke them. That they would get upset. But bring them up in a nourishment. Nourish them. Amen. Do you have time to turn to Luke chapter 10? I didn't want to keep you standing, but... Luke chapter 10 and then Luke 15. There's another word that Jesus used. I'd like to bring your attention to it. And that is the word compassion. And I believe as we hear the word that spirits travel on words. And if there's something lacking in our lives, the word is able to put it there. Because as we heard this morning, by the new birth, the nature of God's already in the believer. So as you hear the word, if something's been opposite in your life, God has a way of just bringing it together. I want you to hold yourself just for a few minutes because I want to say something in just about two or three minutes that will carry through the whole service. But watch Jesus in in Luke 10.33. Uh, speaking about the good Samaritan again, Luke 10:33, but a certain Samaritan as he journeyed came where he was and when he saw him, he had compassion, compassion on him. Remember, this was the man that had been torn and thieves have got him and he needed oil and wine. And the Bible says the Samaritan had compassion. Now in the Bible, a compassion is more than just pity. It means he was moved, moved with compassion. So it's not just knowing that something needs to be done or something needs to happen. It's to be moved. It means to do something. So it's not just raising children. It's not just coming to church. But nurturing and cherishing means to see the need and then be moved by it. Luke 15 Verse 20, Luke 15, verse 20. Uh, these are the words of Jesus. Luke 15, verse 20. Uh, watch the word compassion. This is the prodigal son. In Luke 15, verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. And when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. And had compassion. And fell on his neck. And kissed him. So it's more than correction. It's more than saying you're wrong. It's more than saying you lack. Compassion is going to the person. You can have your seats. God bless you. The father had something in him. And it wasn't a second thought, and it wasn't a rebuke. It was, compassion means something that is deep in the bowels of a person. It's the seat of their love and pity that comes out in a moment of crisis. So he didn't just say, my pitiful son, my 
sinful son, but he was moved with compassion. The Bible actually says he, when he was a great way off, his son and father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. It wasn't a spontaneous love. It was something that was already in the father to even be looking for his son to come back. And he didn't turn his head and say, I'm so ashamed of your actions. It anointed something that was in the father and moved him. Amen. I want to speak tonight on nurturing and cherishing. I just want to look at this word because these words aren't words that we use maybe every day in our language of nurture. But it has to do with cultivating. It has to do with uh, cherishing. The word nurture, me, part of it is cherish. And it means to encourage. It means to foster. And it means to develop. Now, tonight we're speaking about the individual. We're speaking about marriages need to be nurtured. Relationships need to be nurtured. Uh, family relationships need to be nurtured. Churches need to be nurtured. They need to be cherished. Do we agree? It means to develop this. So when the Bible's speaking about uh, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, that's more than just do's and don'ts. It means to allow for cultivation. Take time to cultivate them. Give time for encouragement. Fostering. It's a fostering atmosphere. And it's a season of development. It's understanding that it's not always going to be this way. But it's a time to develop them. And a promotion means you're promoting the seed. You're encouraging them. You're nurturing them. That's what I'm speaking on tonight. And the word cherish means to treasure something. It means to treasure our children. It means treasure your spouse. The Lord willing will have time to get into that. It's actually part of the marriage vow that a man would say to his wife or the woman to the man is, I promise to love and to cherish means I promise to treasure you. I will value you. You are my prize. I feel like that I've won the lottery. You're the prize. God gave you a prize. So are we to look down on one another? Are we to take advantage of one another? Are we to get common with one another and show one another's hinder parts? Or are we to prize one another? Learn to cherish people around you. I appreciate you. You're not getting in my way. In fact, we appreciate having you around. In spite of all my difficulties and my hurts and pains and my ups and downs. And and the answer back is yes. We receive you. So it means that we relish your presence. I'm not looking over your head. I'm giving you attention. So cherishing that's coming from this root word, if you see the words are very similar... It means that we have a treasuring atmosphere. We value one another. We're valuing the presence of God. We value the word. It's a prizing atmosphere. It's appreciating. 
And we are relishing in this. Now, this is what I want to say at the start of the service. I want to take a step tonight here as a minister of the gospel. I want to take a step. Tonight I'm going to apologize to each one of you and express sorrow for anything that negative that has happened in your life by any person and anything. I'm taking a step with you to apologize and say I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that happened to you. I'm sorry that you were hurt. I'm sorry that that person took advantage of you. I'm sorry that you feel to withdraw. As a minister, tonight I'm saying your pain has been felt by God and your sorrow. But sincerely and formally, I want to apologize for your past. Anything that's ever happened to you or a person that has hurt you. Whether they ever come back to you and ask for repentance or to say they were wrong to you. I'm asking for your repentance. Our repentance for them so that you can go on. So that you can get over this. Do you receive that? I mean, that's formal. That's someone else taking authority over the spirits that would try to hold on to you negatively, pains and hurts. And someone that took advantage of your life, you say, who has the authority to do that? The Lord Jesus does. And that's exactly what he did when he came to Calvary, was he took your past. And he nailed it to the cross and he said, I love you. Amen. I hope you can receive that. Now, this thought of of nurturing came on the Saturday of winter camp. And as I was hearing the word and what the Lord was speaking to us and our young people, our church and our assembly, I began to think of this thought of nurturing our children. And how it's a need that we cultivate them. We encourage them. That we are here to help them. And this thought came into my mind and I tried to get something visual so that, and I didn't get it exactly, but I'll explain it to you. What was coming to me in my thoughts, this was on Saturday of winter camp. I I wanted you to think of a plant or a tree and then something right beside it like a stick or in the picture on the left you see that something sticks in the ground and then holds up. In these cases, you see these sticks that are there to hold up, to assist. Who's ever seen something like this? There's a stake in the ground, and there's twine attached to the tree or to the uh, tomato plant. Or in these cases, there's stakes driven down, like wooden planters, uh, plant stakes, you would call them. The emphasis is not on the stakes, it's on the plant. But as I was thinking of nurturing, I thought of that we're just here for a guide. It's just there to assist. It's something to show the way. 
But we're focusing on the plant. We're focusing on the fruit. We, we want to see it grow. We, and we're just here to guide that something so it can get older. So it can get through this season and make it. You understand? I, I was trying to visualize this as I was looking to something visual. They put this around plants. They put this around little things that, and I'm not a gardener and I'm not a, a person like that. I was just trying to get something visual that get, let you know what was in my heart concerning children, young people, or an individual, or even a church that God has put things around us. Can you see this big stake here? Now, the, the important thing is not this rubber thing and the stake. It's that this tree would grow. Amen. Go on. Amen. Serve the Lord. And on the right hand, you see maybe something a little bit more detailed. You see all of this, you know, plantings and you can see all the mulch and things that people take care. The focus is on the tree. We'd say the bride tree. We'd say, what's all the fuss about? What's all the... What's everything about? It's so that you make it. But you can see right here what they have a stake and they drive it down into the ground and then they put a sling, what they call a sling around that uh, stake and the tree. It's to be a guide. It's to be like an assist. You say, what are you doing? We're just here to help guide. We're just here to assist you. It's just to show the way. And I thought, Lord, that's what nurturing is all about. Is for we and, and God is working on the least desire that a person might have for him. But so are we. We are like a guide. And it just came into my heart like that. Like, like a, beside a plant or a tree. Like a stick. That we are here to nurture you and cherish you. And, and, I just want to ask this question tonight. Are you as a person, are you a nurturer? Or are you a destroyer? Are you a person that cherishes people around you and treasures them and encourages them? Are you spiteful? Are you nasty? Are you the church bully? Are you the family class clown or the family jokester? Are you someone that is you actually nurture and cherish or are you a destroyer? Do you even care what your attitude is like? I was thinking, I was listening to some messages on love last evening and then this afternoon. And, and Brother Branham said, the attitude of God was conveyed through the life of Jesus. The attitude of God was conveyed through Jesus. Hallelujah. So in Luke 15, the scripture that we read, Luke 15, 20, about the prodigal son, when he saw the son returning back, the Bible said he had compassion. His bowels was moved. His heart was moved with pity. Now, another word that I want to bring your attention is the word harmony. Let's all say harmony. 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 In the family, harmony in the marriage, harmony in the relationship. Remember, spirits travel on words tonight. We're not at a pub where we're, there's rock and roll in the background and there's spirits that are attempting you to take a drug, take an alcohol, take a cigarette. No, no, we're in the house of God. God's nurturing us. He's, he's cherishing us. 
There's been an atmosphere around us. And I know, friends, that this isn't often we use words like harmony and nurture and cherish. But Brother Branham used this in the church age book, the word harmony, speaking of the father and the son, the harmony between them. And, and we know that Jesus reflected the harmony of the father through his life. But he said this harmony is to exist between the groom and the bride. Do we believe that tonight? Harmony between the groom and the bride. There should be a harmony working together. But don't you think if that God was in a person, there would be harmony? If the Lord Jesus was the attitude of God and he was reflecting of that love, don't you think that God in us, do I have your attention, that it would be one of harmony? So we have the father having harmony with the son. We have harmony between the groom and the bride. But now the harmony that should be working between us, one another, it should be where the bride has the mind of Christ, where she knows what he wants done with the word. And there is a time for a firm rebuke and a drawing up short. But there's also, and I feel this is where there's a great lack Many times, and that is a genuine nurturing. Where there's a spirit of cherishing that comes out through our atmosphere to the other person. So even if they disagree with you doctrinally or they don't like what you're saying to them. That it doesn't breed rebellion, but it breeds something on their side to at least listen to you. Or when they leave your presence, there's been something conveyed to them that's more than words or a law or a doctrine or you have to do this, but it's been the heart of God that is nurturing them. How many desire that in your life? Just to sow seed with your atmosphere by your words. That there be the harmony of God when you can speak out, thus saith the Lord. Where the Spirit of God can be quickened in your life like a little seed planted in the ground and it's being watered and it comes to a full harvest serving its purpose that God can nurture and cherish people around you. Let me just give you a testimony. We, we were somewhere a year ago in March. And in February of that year, in a certain family, we were dealing with personal things in their lives. And that February was the very worst for the sister, for the wife, for the mother. The very worst. Emotionally, mentally, she was going through it. And the husband bearing the strain of this and her family. But by the grace of God, when we visited this certain place... And we were able to spend private time with them and pray with them. And I was just with that family again. And the husband spoke to me personally and privately and said, from that time, it's just been an upswing. The sister has improved. She's getting off the medication. God's given back joy. And I saw her just in the last week or so, speaking to other sisters and other people, there was a smile on her face. She was engaged. The lights were back on. I 
would say thank God for that nurturing spirit that was able to put skin on God and touch someone else. That's a testimony. That's something that is happening right among us that God can work and move. I want to say tonight that God has nurtured his body just right. And you can give praise to the Lord if you agree with this. God has nurtured his family and his children very good. He's a good father. He is. But my question tonight is, how is his body nurturing? How do you and I nurture? Do you remember the word nurture? Can you go back to that slide, brother? Just help me out. Will we? Yes. Are we cultivating? Do we cherish? Do we genuinely and not sarcastically and I trust that's not coming across tonight, but with, with the Holy Spirit in us, we can develop and foster relationships. And I speak that with a real burden because Satan has entered in through Apple, Android, Microsoft, whatever spirits. These are multi-billion dollar companies that are focused in on grabbing attention and trying to connect and trying to get relationships. And it's done just the opposite. It's done just the opposite of to bring families together, bring hearts together, to bring us a personal connection. Though, though you might disagree and say, but in, in some areas it has helped or it's connected, that is true. But in many others it has caused a deformity. There's not the touch and the something that is conveyed, the nurturing and developing. I'm just speaking around the world amongst people and in, a, in specific cultures also. It's a great danger that men and women fail to foster and develop relationships with one another. And I pray God would deliver us from that plague and deliver us from that epidemic that is strangleholding many children, many congregations, many people have never heard the word, I'm sorry. They've never had someone say, please forgive me. And when you hear about nurturing and cherishing, I wanted to bring it to your attention. Do we nurture? Are we uh, cherishing and treasuring and really valuing the things around us? Do we value and nurture the way God does? And I'm, I'm looking at this word nurture and cherish with you on the screen. But how God has been with us, and think about through winter camp, but also Brother George's uh, song this morning, it, remind me, Lord, if I forget, because humans forget. But how God has been with you and how he is with you is an example of what we are and what we want to be. Amen. God's nature is our nature. I'm not saying he is us. I'm saying we are him. And the new birth has opened up these eternal qualities inside of the believer that you have love inside of you. You have encouragement inside of you. You have joy inside of you. You have peace inside of you. But what the Lord's trying to unlock is speak it out then. 
than a conqueror. It's in you. You are healed. Healing's in the body. Do we believe that tonight? And I believe that with all my heart. Now, even though these words nurturing and cherishing may not be words that you use every day, but I believe it should be a dominating theme of our personal lives, of our marriages, of our home lives, and of our church. This should be a dominating theme and characteristic and a central nature of the believer that we nurture people. We bring things together. The Holy Ghost on you is not a wedge. It's not something to divide. You say, well, what about the scripture where Jesus said, I've come to bring a sword and things. But the dominating theme, the controlling theme of our lives should be one that nurtures people around us. We cherish them. I think we've all expressed this desire, I want to be more like Jesus. Is that true? About half of you. Amen. I know it's Sunday night. It was a beautiful day today, wasn't it? Sunny, over 60 degrees, whatever that is, Celsius. It's gorgeous, isn't it? You could have stayed home tonight and and enjoyed your Sunday afternoon. But we're in the house of God. The Holy Spirit is nurturing you. By the words he's saying through the minister, he's cherishing you. He's keeping his part of the marriage vow. My question to all of us, myself included, is are we being that faithful to then nurture others and cherish others? Because we we all have a desire to be more like Jesus. So I just felt to speak about him just a little bit so that we can all be more like him. Now, before we turn to another scripture, I'd like to just say that this nurturing aspects comes through all the levels of leadership that Brother Branham talked about. He talked about the mother gets us first. I believe nurturing should be part of a mother's life. The school teacher gets them next for how many years? From little, little children all the way many times through maybe 18 and then into college, professors and things. The school teacher gets them. But then fathers, we have not just, um, we have a responsibility to nurture our children. And spiritual fathers of the church should have a nurturing attitude in dealing with the people. Brother Branham talked about the ministry being next. And I really feel that the ministry that is successful with the bride of Christ are ministers that focus on nurturing, cultivating, encouraging, trying to develop something that is spiritual, that it's not their egos or church numbers. Can you say amen? It's, it's not a group and thing. It's not more numbers. The revival is what God is working with. It's the trash that's able to be seen thrown up on the side of, of the lake that's a real revival. That's a revival. Hallelujah. You say, I'm in the middle of a revival. Then that's when all the trash is being thrown up. That's when someone is saying, God, forgive me for being hasty. Forgive me for having a wrong attitude that's not been like Jesus. Forgive me, Lord, if I'm not valuing and treasuring. And can I say this? 
It's got to first start with yourself. You've got to value the God in your own life. You've got to be humble enough to step back and say, in spite of all of me, God loves me. Say, you're weird. You're crazy. You look odd. But God loves me. I'm a weird, odd, funny looking believer. And instead of having a complex and kind of hiding and giving an excuse, you just kind of are able to stand up there and able to live your life for Christ. But I will guarantee you one thing. That didn't happen overnight. That happened because somebody put a stake down beside you. Hallelujah. This came on the Saturday of the camp. So bear with me. Somebody assisted you. Somebody was holding you up, Brother Laycock. Someone was praying for you. They were willing to get out of the way and say, it's all about you. I'm here to guide you. I'm here to help you. Say, what are you doing over there? I'm holding you up. Why are you standing there? What are you looking at? I'm looking to the tree. I'm looking to the main thing. Yes. And so the mother, the school teacher, the father, the ministry, and you can look all through the message if you want to search on quotes on nurture and nurturing and nurtures. What Brother Bonham spoke about the Holy Ghost is to nurture the church. What did he mean by that? You know, there's a time you got to hammer something, but there's a time when you need to nurture that something. Amen. There's a time when in in relationships, when it's not always about what you're going to get out of that time that you need to just get your point across or I want to say something. Maybe you just need to be quiet and listen. Okay, we don't have all the answers. You don't know everything, but you, you heard the person. They vented. They said what was on their heart. And you smiled and you took it. That's a church that's coming to maturity. Brother Michael, I really enjoyed your song. Who enjoyed Brother Michael's song tonight? Hallelujah. What are you saying that for? Because I'm responsible to nurture him. He's come now through father, school teacher. He's had some good ones too. Good mother. Now the ministry publicly is putting down a stake beside him and saying, I believe in you. I trust the gift of God in your life. Hallelujah. That's us encouraging one another as we would. In our marriages, we are commanded to nurture one another. Cultivate one another. Even as you get older. Learn to develop and learn to cherish. I hope we get to that quote of Brother Branham in the marriage ceremony when he says, do you promise to love, honor, and cherish? And and we're so happy to say yes. Right, Brother Nathan and Sister Rachel? So happy the day's finally come. And I say yes, let's get out of here and go. But do we, does it really sink down in to say that I'm required now after the honeymoon, after time goes on, maybe after 10 years, 20 years, 30. I said I would cherish you and prize you and appreciate you. Amen. This is good for us tonight, all of us now. 
can you just jump ahead, Brother Frey, to where we were before? Let's just go through this again, what Brother Branham said in New York. Are we doing okay tonight? Brother Branham said there's a little bowl in a human heart that is full of golden oil called love. If it is ever broke, it can be healed up. But there'll be a scar there as long as you live. That's amazing. There's a little bowl in a human heart that is full of golden oil called love. Amen. If it's ever broke, it can be healed up. But there'll be a scar there as long as you live. I think some of us have seen that in our lives. I actually heard it described very scientifically this week by another minister about, it's actually called a broken heart syndrome. It's a scientific about a person that's, they actually are suffering from a broken heart, a tragedy, a hit, a bruise, something sudden happened in their lives. It can be healed up, but there'll be a scar there. As long as that person lives. How many would agree tonight that we are a body of Christ? That we're responsible to help one another heal. And let's go on from that. It's not all just supposed to be a crack up and a break up here. Let's not focus on the breakup and the bad thing that happened. Let's focus on getting oil in the bowl. I described it like this to someone recently. I said, you could have a bowl... You could have oil, which is a type of the Holy Ghost, love coming in. But if there's a lot of cracks and breakages in that, it's just going to make a mess. I think we've spoken on that here before. And it just makes a mess and goes all over the place. But if you can ever get that bowl sealed up and those scars and things holding up together, I believe we'll fulfill God's purpose for our lives. And we're going to make it in a rapture. Okay. So in conclusion on this, I think it's just good for us to know that we all have a little bowl full of golden oil called love. And if it's ever broke, it can be healed up. But there'll be a scar there as long as you live. Now, there's things going through Brother John's mind and heart right now. Some things I I don't know if I should share. They're personal things that just say, move along, move along. Can I share something? I was flying into Grand Prairie the week before last on the Thursday night. And you know the history of Brother Tim Dodd and his dear wife. And I knew that I probably wouldn't have a car there. I probably wouldn't be able to go to the cemetery, to the graveside of Sister Allison. But as we flew into the airport, we fly right over the place. And in respect... And in a love of my heart, as we're coming in, Brother Murphy, I just put my hand over my heart like this, and I just trembled. And and we landed. You say, Brother John, why do you even bring that up? Because we bear one another's burdens. It's not always about just camp meetings and conventions and services, but it's having the love of God in our hearts, having a feeling of Jesus. That we can minister to God's people and have a connection. And and understand that I am here to make a difference. 
in someone else's life. And if each one of you could have that, God inspire your life to say you are called to nurture and cherish someone around you. I believe it would give us more of a strength for our lives and and a, a less of just letting go of the reins and getting so offended. That God has the big picture in mind. Can I read you some more quotes about a mother? I don't know how much of this will carry to another service. So let me just say what the Lord put on our hearts about a mother. He talked about the love of a mother. You can have the love of a father, the love of a friend. You can have the love of a neighbor, a co-worker, a spouse. But there's nothing like the love of a mother. As you remember the taxi cab driver that was taking the young lady across the Ohio River. And she said, just stop here for a moment. She bundled up something and threw something over the, the railing of the bridge and got back in the car. And the man said, what did you just do? What was that? Oh, she just said something I didn't want. And went on. Well, the taxi cab driver called the police. And he, Brother Branham said, they called the Coast Guard. And they found the little bundle. It was a little baby. So a woman had had a baby and threw it into the water to kill the little child. That's not a mother. But you take the love of a mother. The love of a mother is a nurturing spirit. It's an attitude. Brother Branham used in one place the words, the wombs, the wombs of a mother. Talking about the deep places. In another place he said, the prayer of a mother. Oh, I like that one. The prayer of a mother. God will hear the prayers of a mother. I trust that our mothers are praying mothers. In another place he said, that kind of a mother. So there's different ways to be as a mother. You can be a mother, but there's different kinds. Of mothers. You understand tonight. I'm shooting for a goal. And that is a nurturing mother. A cherishing mother. In another place he said the face. Of a mother. In another place he said the heart. Of a mother. In another place the loyalty. Of a mother. She's loyal. She's faithful. She don't want to do anything to hurt you. She has your well-being in mind. Can I, can I use this as an opportunity to say, don't trample over the love of a mother. She's just trying to help you. She's just a little planter piece of wood that's God called to be right next to your heart. To help you make it. Love your mothers. We remember the the beautiful young lady that grew up beautiful. Then she had a little baby herself. But one day as she was doing the hanging out the, the laundry out on the clothesline, there was a fire in the house. Who remembers the story? And the fire and the, and the trucks are going down the road. And instead of running, she looked behind her and the whole house is full of fire and smoke. But her baby was inside there. 
And the love of a mother ran into the fire and grabbed her little child and the flames is taking her hair and her skin and the beauty of the mother off of her. She's running down the steps and down the hallway. She was able to get out of the house and her little girl was saved. That's the love of a mother. Years went by and this little baby grew up and went to university. And one weekend she was coming back with one of her school friends on the train. And she came up to the station and they looked out the window and there was this old haggard, scarred up uh, woman standing out there in a dress. She was just looking, 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 looking for Someone on the train and even her little friend, Brother Branham called her a schnitzel, what was a schnitzel French friend like that, just some friend from university. Said, look at that old woman, scarred up woman, she's so ugly. Yes, she is, she agreed. And they got off the train and there, this lady that was standing by the side of the road come running down. There you are, there you are. That was her mother. And she sarcastically and without giving any attention started walking away from her mother because she was embarrassed. She was ashamed. But there was a conductor that was seeing this whole matter being played out. He said, wait just a second, young lady. I'll give you the rest of the story. This is your mother. And in her age, when she was your age, she was ten times more beautiful than you'll ever be. But on that day, when I heard the fire trucks going by and I could see what has happened, and it was your mother that ran through the flames. And it's because of the heart of a mother that gave her beauty is why you can be so unscarred today. I think we need to be thankful for our godly mothers. Thankful for sisters in our church that are standing for Christ. Can you say amen? Amen. If I had enough courage, I'd have you stand. But I'm not going to. I'm focusing on the loyal heart of a mother. Brother Branham talked about the arm of a mother. The womb of a mother. The sweet voice of a mother. See, a mother don't always have to be sharp and rude and she can have a sweet voice. In another place, he's, th- these are quotes, direct quotes. He said, the pretty, big, soft eyes of a mother. What a nurturing, cherishing thought that a mother could have Eyes that would be pretty and big and soft. Would you agree that this world wants to make us hard? Harsh? To the point, rigid, do this, go there. I say, God, restore unto us these kind of virtues. 
of a nurturing, soft. I think it was years ago, Brother John showed on the screen some photos of uh, women and uh People that had been on drugs. Who remembers that? And drugs and alcohol. And it showed within the matter of just a few months and years how a woman could go from being so beautiful, soft, and just lovely to being hardened. And her eyes sunk in. Satan has a way of raping our character, destroying us. That's why I feel messages like this. Need to be spoken when God can drop these things down in our hearts. Some of you are sleeping and so tired on a Sunday night. But it's exactly what we had need of. A nurturing and cherishing spirit. Well, God could tell us. I did say this in Grand Prairie. I said, I have noticed within the ranks of the message over the years, more and more women, mothers, young people, young ladies using makeup. Trying to cover up themselves or try to look more beautiful. But what I've noticed is a lot of those sisters and ladies are actually very beautiful. They're already very pretty. And I'll say it publicly tonight. You don't need that to be pretty. We think you're just fine. Because it's the pretty, big, soft eyes of a mother. In another place, he said, faith of a mother. In another place, the bedding grounds of a mother. That took care of us just right. Let's turn to Ephesians for our last scripture that we're going to turn to tonight. Wow, and it's almost time for us to close the service. I trust these words would go down deep into your heart. That when you go home, that it would maybe turn... Friends, there's got to come a time when you break the cycle, literally. And I understand there's men and women, believers in the message that weren't raised in the message, didn't have believing parents. And God saved you and revealed the word to you and now you're raising your children. Some of them are even older and have children themselves, but it's not too late. You say, brother... I heard Brother EBA say amen. Is he in the service tonight? Yes. Happy birthday. Some here might say, well, Brother John, I didn't have a mother like that. I don't have, I don't understand what you're talking about a father that would nurture me. I understand that we, we deal with brothers and sisters that have serious needs and it's because they can't default back to a time they remember joy or they remember the family getting together and laughing and enjoying one another and an ending good. They just remember the hurt and the sarcasm and the rudeness and the Breaking apart of, and people sometimes don't even care about how they're being taken. They just say it and they just go on and make fun and, well, I, I just say it like this. There's people in the church that are church bullies. We have them in schools. They're school bullies. We have them in families and they're just bullies. They push. They yell, they scream, they talk nasty. 
I pray God turn that right around tonight. That God just change that. Use your life to nurture people. Encourage them. We only have one life. It will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ is going to last. We're here to be guides to one another. To assist one another. Amen. We're here for one reason. That's to make heaven our home. And try to get as many around us. To join us there. Hallelujah. Say I'm not responsible for everyone. Brother Branham said I apply the token to my family. And I apply it to every single one of you. So I understand there's individuals that didn't have a good upbringing. They, I understand that. But I believe that's the oil. That's the wine. That's, that's what we're called to do. To touch one another. So that we can get healed. And it might be this way for a few months or a year. But you're going to come out of this, brother. Sister, you're going to make it through this. And your family is going to be strengthened. You are going to be healed. I'm not just saying hang on to Christ. He's hanging on to you. It's like, say, Brother John, I feel like I'm falling out of an airplane and I'm jumping out. No, no, God's grabbing a hold of you. Saying, come on, brother, what are you thinking that way for? Lonely sister that feels like you're all alone. You're not all alone. God's just wanting to open up your eyes. That you can be exactly what I'm speaking about tonight. It is in you to be a nurturer. Ephesians 5. Let's read in verse 25. This will be our last scripture. God bless you tonight. Ephesians 5 verse 25. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also love the church. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Lord, sink this down within our hearts. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it, talking about the church, to himself a glorious church. Not you're no good, you're barely going to just get out of my sight. I'm going to go in my office and shut the door. I'm going to go in my room and daddy and where's daddy? Oh, he's in his room. Where's, where's mommy? Oh, she's out there. No, but we can be nurturers. It means to be around. This glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Verse 29. For no man ever yet hateth his own flesh. But nourisheth and cherisheth it. Even as the Lord the church. So what I'm speaking on tonight. God is this way. The Holy Spirit is this way. But so are you. Verse 30. For we are members of his body. Of his flesh. And of his bones. For this cause. 
Because he has done this for us. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and they too shall be one flesh. In other words, leave your family and cleave to your wife. That's what that means. Leave your mommy, leave your daddy, leave your home and cleave to your wife. Start out your own home. Live your own life. Be Jesus in the next generation. This is a great mystery, Paul said, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Verse 29 says that this man nourisheth and cherisheth it. This word nourish means to bring them up, to nourish them up to maturity. To nourish means to nurture and bring them up. Just watch this, Brother Frey. Can you take it back to that, uh, the meaning of the words? Uh, nurturing. Yes, sir. When Paul was saying nourish, just watch this now. I know it's the close of the service. But when Paul said nourish and cherish, he's talking about from the relationship, it comes out of this. It comes from this. It comes by this. It comes on this. It comes with this. It comes out of this. And it causes you to get away from the bad. Get away from the wrong influence. Get away from another man's wife. Get away from another. Is that true? Uh, Friends, this, all of our lives, the Holy Spirit comes. And he starts bringing the word. You're from God. You're out from the originator. But it also is there to get us away from. Let me describe it like this. When you nourish something and cherish something, you're getting it away from hardness of heart and ruin. You're making it feel strong and a part of this. So it doesn't have to go over here to get love. That's the point getting across tonight. When you nurture something, when you water a plant, when you, when you help and foster something over here, you're putting attention on the positive. You don't always have to be over here saying, that's wrong, that's bad, that's not of God. You're over there nurturing the right thing. You're treasuring, you're valuing, you're speaking words of love, you're giving confidence. So the young person don't have to be over here needy of love and lonely for time. You've given it over here. Can I say their, their bank account is full? I'll say it like this. Why do I need to go over there when I have all of this? And God's been so good to me. I don't need to question. I don't live a life of fear. Because someone over there told me who I am. Is it coming across tonight? This is a revelation that will help all of us understand the dealings of the Holy Spirit. It's not always saying no, 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 and the law over here. It's giving grace and mercy. And this person will do whatever you want them to do. Because they love God. That's way beyond a dictator. And someone ruling by fear and just trying to control people, manipulate them. I'm not speaking about that tonight. I'm speaking about the lovely Lord Jesus nurturing and cherishing 
His people. And what an example He's been for us. Hallelujah. Brother Aaron McGarry, can I go off into a little tent? Uh, Brother uh, Daniel Florent was walking by and there was one of Brother Aaron McGarry's little boys there. And I said, do you know what happened to him? And they're just glued, you know. What happened to him? I said, he came to a service and he was wanting to go out of the service. And the Lord Jesus grabbed a hold of him and turned him around. And he ended up at the altar and gave his heart to Jesus. That little boy looked at Daniel like he was a superstar. Wow. You just took 30 seconds. So when we speak about nourishing and cherishing, we're actually talking about in the, in the word nourish, it means that I'm feeding them and I'm bringing them up. I'm supporting them. We're, we're, we're causing them to be fattened and nurtured under this. And when Paul said cherish, he means we're keeping it warm. Brother Murphy. So something can be dead and formal, no life. Even in a good home. Even in a mother that had made room for the prophet. And a husband that had went along with the deal. Somebody paid for that little house and table and whatever. But when she was in need, she knew where to go. And when that prophet laid on that little boy, and I pray the presence of God would just lay on us, brother. Brother Richard, just lay on us, Lord. Don't let us get crusty and, and cankerly at this time before the body change. When everything we've hoped for, believed for, lived for, and somehow the devil is trying to put holes and put breakages. I say in the name of Jesus. We are a nurturing church. You are a cherished people. God loves you so much and you're conveying that out in your life. You're keeping things warm. So that means to cherish means with tender love and to foster with tender care. So in the marriage ceremony, this is what I've been alluding to. 1965 in Jeffersonville, Brother Branham is, is marrying a couple on a Saturday. 1965. And, and he's using part of the wedding vow. Will you have this woman to be your lawful wedded wife? To live together in this holy state of matrimony? Do you promise to honor and love and cherish? This is this word. Do you promise to treasure her? Value her? She's your prize. Appreciate her. Relish in one another's atmosphere, whether it's in sickness and in health, and forsake all others and cleave only unto her as long as you both shall live. And hopefully the groom answers, I will. But not just at the altar, but years down the road when things change and you come to another season. Hallelujah. It takes God sometimes to put love into a relationship. It takes God to put love back in a home or back in a friendship that you might have been close for years and you just find something happen and something moves it out of there. It takes God to bring that back together again. And to the 
to the lady, this is part of the marriage vow, where you have this man to be your lawful wedded husband, to live together in this holy state of matrimony. Do you promise to love and honor and cherish in sickness and in health and forsake all others and cleave thee only unto him as long as you both shall live? Sometimes people, they live in the flesh and they say, as long as he's slim, trim, makes a lot of money, takes me out to restaurants, takes me on my holidays, as long as we live in a certain house and our children are healthy, or as long as he loves God, or as long as he cherishes me, then I'll cherish him. And that's where you went wrong. We've got to be all in on this. You can't be holding back and you can't, oh, we're both healthy, young, good looking, life's before us and then make a vow and then 10 years later, 15, say I'm going back because she's changed or he changed or this happened. Our vow is until death. But I want to remind you that not only did you say yes, God said yes. And in the good times, he's with you. Help me close tonight. In the bad times, he's with you. See, I've gotten bigger. I've gotten rounder. Things have happened. We have our cycles. Things go up. I failed over here. This happened over here. How'd you do on your report card? (laughs) Or Brother Johnny just can't hold a job or this happened over here and I went into it with this. But we need the Lord Jesus. And maybe rather than just rooting up everything in your life right now, God could lay it upon your heart to put a stake down in the ground. And just put a little rubber band or a little rope or a little something to help hold up something else beside you. That's what nurturing is. Say, what are you doing that for? Why are you spending so much time and talking about this? Because God loves you. And you speak about harmony. And all of a sudden, something that's been in disharmony and disarray, and all of a sudden things just start coming together again. And you wonder why. It's because the Holy Spirit took His Word, put it down into a heart that was open to Him, and He started to water it with His Spirit. And you said, Amen. You say, I agree. You say, Lord, be it unto me. You say, Lord, I want to be like Jesus. And little do you realize the Lord Jesus that knew all about your situation. Even before the mistake was making a way for you to get out of it. Even before your rebellious heart. God was already seeing you coming back. What kind of party are we going to have? What are we going to do? How am I going to slip that ring on his finger? I've got it in my pocket. I've been expecting you to come. And here comes back his son. He had grace all the time. He had mercy. And I think I said this to the young people at BCA. I said, I think it would surprise you 
and those of your parents and the elders and people around you that if you would fully come and surrender your life to Christ and walk on with God, they would quickly forgive you of things that you've done or said. We're not holding it down on you. We're not, we're not putting a bunch of concrete over you. We're saying, come out of there. Be resurrected. Did you see that warmth? Did you hear that testimony? Oh, Brother Murphy got some more testimonies after that Wednesday night service. I just love it when a young lady says she has a least desire for God. She has a desire for God. People can overlook a lot of wrongs when they just hear that coming from you. I have a desire for God. And if that's the way we feel, what about the heart of God? I think he's looking down the road saying, I'm expecting them to come back. When they come back, I want to love them so much. I, I want to share with them so much. Oh, my, 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 even you mother that's got distressed and nervous. It was in another place and Brother Branham was talking and she was rubbing her hands. She had a nervous condition. Brother Branham said, I see you always worrying, rubbing your hands. You have a habit of doing that. You get all excited and you, then, then he's just continuing to talk to her. Life hasn't been a flowery bed of ease for you. You've had some trouble in your life, haven't you? Yes, you have. And it's been in your own family. Isn't that right? One of your children has caused you trouble. Isn't that right? And hasn't that child tried to take your life? And hasn't that been on a religious cause about changing churches, coming from a nominal church to a full gospel church? Is that right? And he gave you glass. That's poison. Your son gave you poison. Because you were just trying to go on with God from a nominal We'd say dead church to a church that was alive, full gospel. And your son gave you poison. Isn't that right? Well, someone else. Isn't that, is that too? Wasn't it? It was another boy. When you're little, I see two of you got it. Is that right? God have mercy. So now he's trying to kill his little brother. The one son tried to kill the mother and the little boy. Brother Adam said, I see two of you. Is that right? God have mercy. Dear Heavenly Father, be merciful to the woman. Spare her. Remember, she was nervous, upset, rubbing her hands. Had a habit of that. Satan is trying to upset her. Oh, God, rebuke the devil that's trying to cause that boy. He'll lose his mind some of these days, and he'll go wild over that. God, I pray for him. I pray for him. God, be merciful and help this poor woman. And may she and the boy both live and be normally again. Satan, leave them. In Jesus Christ's name, God bless you, sister. Go and God bless you. You'll get over it and you're going to be all right. Hallelujah. Friend, what a nurturing, cherishing father you have. Every man in this building, every woman in this building, or child, you have a great heavenly father.
Thank you, Jesus. And maybe in another service we'll get into some other things. But it's not always being a, easy being a nurturing father or mother. You might have to say things opposite sometimes. Or it might just seem to be one of them's wanting to go in a certain direction. Well, let me just, this is my last quote. Can I just share it with you? It's not always easy being a nurturing person. It's not always a pushover and you're just a, you know, you're just always that type of person. No, no, no. Let me show you the balance. 1964, Brother Brenneman questions and answers a very delicate issue. And he said, the question was asked the other day, was an annulment the same as a divorce? To say, I annul this marriage or for someone to divorce. And Brother Branham said, see, now they're asking Brother Branham. And standing in the pulpit, he said, when you ask me these questions, friends, you don't know what that does to me. Because I've got many friends sitting here that's married two or three times. And did you realize, he's preaching in his own church. Do you realize I'm talking to my own son, Billy Paul? Would I spare Billy Paul? No, indeedy. He said, Billy Paul got married to some little girl and come up and said, Daddy, I'm going to get married. And I was washing my car. Here's a prophet. I'm speaking on nurturing tonight and cherishing. A prophet's washing his car and his son comes up and says, Daddy, I'm going to get married. I said, butt your head up against the wall. In other words, what are you thinking? And I just kept washing my car like that. And he said, I'm going to get married. I said, oh, go on. And just kept on like that. He goes around and tells his mother. And his mother laughed at him. You know what he done? He run off with some little kid, still in common school, and got married. But we annulled the wedding, the father of this girl and myself. We annulled the wedding, but he was married just the same. Now Brother Branham, is, his son is sitting in the church. He's saying this publicly. And Billy Paul's already remarried. Brother Brown saying this publicly. He said, here's my boy sitting here listening to me now. That's exactly. He come to me with the girl that he lives with now, which was Sister Lois, my daughter-in-law. So now he's not talking disrespectfully. He's not downing Sister Lois. He's just being open. I had to stay with the word. And my little grandson. So now you have children in this family. Brother Branham said, now brother Billy Paul's wanting to come up and marry sister Lois. And he said, daddy, will you marry me? And I said, by no means. Oh, you said, come on, brother, brother, brother Tim, brother John, like, come on. He said, that's my own son. You don't think that don't cut me to the core. When I packed him in my arms and done everything I could do. And I've been both father and mother to him. You just don't know. Think that that didn't kill me to say that. I can't marry you. Oh, come on, dad. I mean, brother John, like 
He lost his mother. And Brother Branham, you had to be a father and a mother to this young man. You're neglecting him. You're harsh. You're rude. You're crass. Do you remember Brother Branham when his first wife passed away? And he had to keep the bottle of Billy Paul under his arm to keep it warm. And they'd slip outside and there'd be a cloud go by. And Billy Paul would look up there and say, Daddy, is mommy up there behind those clouds? Brother Branham has a bottle under his arm trying to keep it warm. For a little boy that he nurtured and took care of, Billy Paul had to bury his own little sister, Sharon Rose. And and her eyes went cross-eyed. Brother Branham went to visit her. Remember that? And the the doctor let him go in there. And the nurse, she said, just take this pill. And Brother Branham just, when they weren't looking, flushed it down the the little sink there. And he walked in there. And here's his own little baby. Just And and Sister Branham, Hope, had just passed away. and, And now the little baby girl has it. And Brother Branham goes in there and... Dad, this is daddy, daddy. And little Sharon Rose, she's coo, coo. And her hands went up and her eyes went cross-eyed like that. Oh, God. After all I've done for you. And a black sheet comes in the room. And it's like God was saying no. He allowed his little baby girl to go. But Brother Branham said from that day, there never was a cross-eyed child I would pray for. But what God would bring it back straight again. Say, oh God, you, you are so hard. You're so harsh. You're so rude to your children. But he was a nurturing father. Right. How many believe Sharon Rose is going to make it on the other side? He's already seen her up there when the wagon wheel was broken and there she was standing there. And Brother Branham took off his hat and Brother Branham, I just conveyed this to another person just in the last week in, a, in their time of crisis. And Brother Branham, God allowed him to have an experience that would give him hope and strength. Oh, I believe God can do that for you tonight. Hallelujah. Whatever it takes, God, give that person an experience that would get them out of that. Brother Branham was wanting to blow out his brains. He's wanting to touch a hot wire. He's all these things. And God knew this is going to take this. And he allows him to go. I know I'm over my time. Can I just conclude with this? Somebody might need it. And he goes out and all of a sudden he's walking up to a, a, a like an old cowboy like uh, wagon wheel that was went over like this and the wheel was broken he said like my family and there was a beautiful 18 year old girl standing there and brother Branham took off his hat hello daddy dad did she just call me daddy what do you mean daddy don't you recognize me I'm your little Sherry I'm your little Sharon Sharon is that you Well, down on earth, you was just a little baby when we buried you in the arms of your mother. Where's mother at? Oh, she's up at the house. And he looked up the hill and there was a nice big mansion and stairs going up. He said, she's up there waiting for you. And Brother Branham said, he just took off like this, running up those stairs. And he comes in there and there's hope in a new body. 
No more pain. No more suffering. I tell you, this is more than a dream. It was God doing something for a brother that was in trouble. I always, I thought of this. What if he would have taken his life or God would allow him to be gone? Where would be tonight? If it wasn't for God and other people in your life. Hallelujah. That God put down a stake by you and said, you're going to be stronger down the road, but you need this right now. Let me say it like this. You might not understand now, but down the road. Here, let me just put a stake down for you. I said that to Brother Biscoe last Friday when I was driving him to the airport. I said, Brother Biscoe, I want to say something very personal to you. And Sister Ruth, she was in, the, in, the, in our van. And I'll say it tonight publicly. I said, if it wasn't for you, none of us would be here. If it wasn't for you and Sister Ruth and the decisions you made out in Toronto to come to Cloverdale and serve God, none of us would be here. So we thank you. We appreciate you. And we talked about the things and what they went through and and the three girls. And I pray the Lord will bless their family tonight. It doesn't really matter what people think. None of us would be here tonight if it wasn't for men and women that's gone before us. They were an assistant to us. They were encouragement to us. They nurtured us. They treasured you. Here we are in this beautiful home and this house and Brother Branham's chair and all of you know the story and they won't come back and take this one. See, God's concerned about every little detail of our lives. So in conclusion, here's Brother Branham standing in the pulpit at the Branham Tabernacle. You'd say, stop embarrassing your son. He's already married and you already have grandchildren. You're bringing up this question about annulment and divorce and you're, you're saying his name. The reason I'm closing with this quote is it's not always easy to be a nurturing person. It's not always easy to cherish. You're not always going to be taken right. You're not always going to be accepted. People might twist your words, say you got ulterior motives or you're just being a show. But down in your heart, you know, you know. I think we all could say tonight, we need more of Jesus in our lives. There's, there's no one here that's way up the, down the road and you're way up above everybody. We all could grow more. Draw closer to Jesus. Here's a man that's making a very definite line and said, don't you think that killed me to say that? My boy sitting here listening and my daughter-in-law and my little grandson sitting right there. But I, but I tell you it's wrong. I tell him it's wrong because I've got to. I'm duty bound to the word. Can we say that tonight for yourself? Keep me near the word. It's not always going to be easy with friends and family. And to be nurturing isn't always saying the thing that's politically correct. But it's the right thing. And I just pray the Lord will bless you tonight as we stand to our feet. God bless you for your patience. Nurturing and cherishing.
as we bow our heads together. Lord, take any stoniness and any hardness out of our hearts, Jesus. Start with me. Even in the back room before we came out and I was looking through some of these notes, I thought, Lord Jesus, cherish us tonight. Nurture somebody. Shed your love to somebody's heart so they would know. As I was streaming the services from last Sunday, Brother Tim Dodd and Brother Michael Ray, and I thought of young people and people in our church that have been under this atmosphere, some for many, many years. And I thought, Lord, what is it going to take for us to love you the way we should? And I know some are really struggling and some are burdened about loved ones or family or people in our church and others. And I thought, Lord Jesus, they've heard a lot of sermons. They've been to a lot of meetings. And I thought of that as the camera would scan the audience and we would see certain ones. But rather than pointing fingers at someone else and seeing the need in someone else. Can we all agree that the Lord would start with you, with me? And say, Lord, give me more compassion. To do your will. Let me be moved from the seat of my heart with love and pity. get so cold and indifferent that we lose that feeling and I pray the Lord Jesus would do a miracle he would do a healing he would do a restoration in Jesus name that that would happen within our assembly, within our families within loved ones send out a prayer the prayer of a mother The prayer of a father. The prayer of a school teacher. The prayer of a minister. The prayer of the Holy Ghost. In leadership. Just wanting to nurture just right. You say, Brother John, I'm just not that way. I'm kind of rough around the edges. I'm kind of, I just say it the way it is. I'm just kind of out there. Say, that's how God made me. And we appreciate that. But be careful, my precious brother and my sister. That's that's not the hindrance. But that's not being a hindrance. Say, but that's my strength. Or that's where I'm really, God's gifted me in. But be careful that someone very close to you could be hindered at the very thing. Learn to humble yourself and say, Jesus... Do I need to look at this from the other side of the mountain? Am I the person that's wrong? Is my attitude need to be adjusted? I wonder who in our church with every head bowed would say, Lord, begin a work in me, Jesus, or continue the work. Maybe the Lord has been dealing with you for some weeks now, and in your heart you'd like to say, Lord, I want the atmosphere that I'm under to have an effect in my life. God bless you all over the building, all over the service. I believe the Holy Spirit started something this morning. He spoke to us of love. And he's capping it off tonight with nurturing and cherishing. Heavenly Father.
We just want to be faithful to our marriage vows to you. That we would love you and cherish you. No matter what we would go through in life. And then to one another when we hear these things about what you've been toward us. Or what you've done for others. As our brother George sang this morning. Remind us Lord. If we've been neglectful. Could you use us again with that person? Is it all over? Do you really have to use another person to win them or can you use us? The priest walked by, the Levite walked by, but the Samaritan had time. He had oil, he had wine. He got down on his knees. He got involved. He had compassion. Lord Jesus, would you put more compassion into our hearts? Let our bowls be filled with oil tonight. Let the love of God constrain us. May we nurture one another. May we cherish one another. Put tears back into our eyes. Let them drip down off our face again. Break our hearts if you have to. Take away the salary. Take away the good times. Someone would say, stop it, preacher, stop it. But little do we know the will of God and God's purpose just down the road is calling us to us saying, but that would draw them closer to me. And what, Lord, whatever it takes, Lord, to draw closer, that's what we'll be willing to do. It's time to go home. It's time to leave this pest house. Lord Jesus, soften our hearts. Put the treasure back in there. Put the love back in the box. Put honey back in the box. Heavenly Father, you are the great high priest, and your word has been clear tonight. You have forgiven us of all of our sins, and you have put it within our hearts to say, would you forgive, and can you allow that apology to be accepted, that whatever's happened in your life you would accept that apology can we start anew can we go on from here can we turn the page to another chapter I pray father you would drop these nuggets down into someone's heart and give them faith to move on let's go further in Jesus name Lord minister to hearts and lives Lord Oh God, and use us this coming days and weeks or time that you would tarry and it's spring break for some and time off and others will be traveling and going and families. But Lord, our time with one another and the words that we speak and our communication, let it be godly. Let it be holy. Let it bring things back together again. In Jesus name we pray. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. 
driving in his truck he was just dropping me off somewhere and this precious brother we had counseled him for years with his wife and personal things and issues in their marriage and about to break up we'd spent time with them help them he was just getting ready to leave me and drop me off he said brother john i just want you to know god has done great things in our home in our marriage I'm just getting ready to get out of his truck he said I just want you to know this has been months and years ago that God is building trust back in our relationship and I, my eyes begin to well up I just begin to be broken I, I said thank you 
for letting me know that. That gives us hope tonight, friends, in our marriages, in our families. There's no promise that there won't be ups and downs and breakages. But we've ministered hope tonight. We've given you good testimonies. There was a 30-year-old young man that for many, many years, and his family had been through a lot of upheavals and movements and things. And he's a single brother. And with his certain job, and he lives in another city, but he drives an hour and a half to church on Sunday, and he goes back and forth. And I thought, surely for years this young man would have fallen off. He's single. He's in the prime of his life in his 20s. But he would drive and he would drive. He was always faithful. Whenever I would go there and preach at this church, I'd see him and I'd ask others that had been there, how's he doing? I would speak his name. I'm so happy tonight to let you know that a brother was able to stand all these years faithful, faithful, faithful. And when I saw him the last time, God had allowed another sister to come by his way. She's also 30 years old. Wonderful lady. Just a few months ago. And now he brought them together. And it looks good. I thought, isn't our Lord God great? Just when you think you're all alone, it's years, and she's probably thinking no one ever, and I'm way up here, and he's over here, and we met before, but then something happened, and you have to take your dog to the vet, and she works at the vet. Don't I know you? Don't I recognize you? And do you know what happened, Brother Tim? The end of the year, that veterinarian and his wife closed down the veterinarian shop, but this two couple, they met each other. You know, God has a way of rewarding sons and daughters of God that'll just stay faithful. God bless you tonight. God bless you for being faithful through the winter. In the snow and the cold. and God bless you for being faithful spiritually through winter times. And by the grace of God, we're coming into springtime now. Praise be to God. And flowers bloom again but let that be for your life as a believer there will be another spring when you see a flower coming up or you see a tulip or whatever those nice flowers are let it be a sign that's what God thinks about your life it's not going to stay in the ground and die you're going to come up out of there God bless you tonight shake hands with somebody and nurture somebody and cherish them oh Sing